0: courage 1000 project the podcast for women seeking the courage to take the next steps in life my name is Nellie the story collector and I'm on a mission to normalize the emotional cycles all women experience so we can end the patterns of shame and guilt that are leaving us stuck held back and disempowered from making the next chapter of our lives magical hello everybody and welcome to another awesome episode of the courage 1000 project now this week we are actually looking at the link between procrastination and perfectionism with our gorgeous guest kelly myerson now kelly is an author speaker coach and sleep expert who will cultivate space for you to emerge from stress and overwhelm to lead and savor the life of your dreams doesn't that just sound amazing Now, as an occupational therapist, Kelly has over 20 years experience specializing in sensory integration techniques. Her background in occupational therapy provides a unique perspective on development and the human condition. She helps overwhelmed working mums light up the world by taking them from burned out to radiating joy. So let me bring her on right now. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited you're here, too. We've already jumped into an amazing conversation. We haven't really just gotten started. So true. Now, the first question I always ask is, where did this all start for you? So we're looking at this link between procrastination and perfectionism. So where did this start for you in your life?
1: It started in my late 20s. I got married when I was... 24, uh, for the first time. And my ex-husband had a drinking problem, social anxiety problem. And I believed with my whole heart that my mission in life was to help him get better. Oh, and oh it all came to a head. um, four years in and he was still having major issues and had actually started seeking help for it. And he was like, I don't wanna be married anymore. And I sort of had this moment of like, oh, I put all this time in and it's just, that's it. So about a year later, I was sitting in my house and I was reading a book by Brene Brown called, I thought it was just me. Yeah, this is one like this is from a while ago and I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me. Oh my gosh, this is me. And I finally Mm -hmm. had a label for what my issue was and it was codependency. And I had had this preconceived notion of what codependency was and i really saw it as like people in a relationship with someone else and they're stuck to each other and they're never separating from each other i had never made the link between like all of my do-gooderisms or good girl isms mm-hmm. and yep. codependency my desperation to please people and help them to feel good and that was what made me feel good and made me feel worthy so when i couldn't help someone to feel their best then i didn't feel my best
0: so you've placed all your value in him and him getting better rather than flipping it and focusing on yourself first
1: yes exactly so there was there was no focus on me like there was taking care of him, there was taking care of our marriage and work and everything else. And then way down on the list was Kelly, like who's going to take care of Kelly. So I realized this reading this book, I was like, I've been existing in codependency. And it sort of made the perfect, you know, although horrible match between the two of us, because you know, it's that, like, person who's a narcissist sort of addict and the person who's codependent, like, just, like, I need you. You're going to yeah. help me. I need you. I'm going to heal you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> they stick together really, really well, but it's a toxic relationship. Very much so.
1: Very yeah. much so.
0: And so, so what happens after that then? After you've realized you're in this codependent relationship, he wants out. Yeah. So happens- we...
1: We did, we, we got divorced and I literally started over at 29 and I, um, you know, I'm now married for the second time, been with my husband for 15 years and, uh, we have a seven-year-old son and I, I sort of approached our relationship so much differently. Number one, I was sort of like, I told him from the beginning, I said, I'm so sorry But I have these very firm boundaries and limits now. And like, if I don't like something or something's not working for me, I have no fear leaving and exiting the situation and not allowing myself to be stuck there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How did he take that?
1: Um, he was awesome about it because he had also yeah. been kind <laughs> of like having. We kind of came from these crazy relationships before each other, and then we were together. Yeah. Um, and so both of us were sort of like, "There's no BS here. Like, we're not wasting each other's time. Like, we're gonna enjoy each other. And if we get a point where we're not enjoying each other, then." Like, that's, like, we'll just say this was great, goodbye. Like, there was never this attachment that we had or this, like, you know, belief that there's this fantasy relationship. It's this reality of, you know, two adult people coming together. And I don't feel like I understood that in my early 20s when I first got married.
0: And I don't think we have the capacity to understand that when we're younger. Because we are just living out the cycles that we've seen played out before us. So I'm actually curious then, is this something that has happened in your family line, that codependency streak? I definitely see
1: maybe not even so much that codependent streak, but that, you know, desperation to care for other people and prioritize other people ahead of you. Yeah. I remember growing up feeling that way. I grew up Catholic, so that that Catholic guilt was very well fed from an early age. High school,
0: I get it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So
1: so you know, you know how that is and how it's very normalized to yeah. sort of be a martyr. Like that's a great thing if you're a martyr. And nobody ever stops to think like what is that actually doing to you as a a human and a child of God? Like you, you're not treating yourself with the same love and respect. And it's everything from like serious things where in a relationship you put yourself last or like silly things. Like I'm going to give you the, the bigger half of the sandwich because I deserve the smaller. And it's that like that juxtaposition between yourself and other people. And I
0: always deserve less. And I think that's the issue with it, that self-sacrifice then becomes wrapped up in worthiness. And it's like that's where things get really complicated because this whole martyr thing is not a reflection of your self-worth. It's just it's giving because you want to give. And at some point it's become you have to give because you have to give. Right. And then it all just gets so complicated and yuck. (laughs) It's
1: compulsive, right? It becomes compulsive. And I mean, you've we've all been in those situations where, like, the self-deprecating, and like you're with your friend, and you're like, "No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you you look better today. No, you look better today." And it's like this competition to like lower ourselves below.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's so it's entrained. Probably- it's funny though when you see it, because then you end up in like those friendships where you go, You look hot today. And they're like, Yeah, so do you. I'm like, I know, we're amazing. <laughs> and it just flips so quickly then.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. The same energy you brought to self deprecating can be to like just celebrating who you are and being excited and being happy and joyful, right?
0: exactly so i'm guessing that's where you are now now that you've unraveled all this you have an amazing relationship and your son you're now in this beautiful space where you're not self-deprecating or self-sacrificing anymore
1: no no and i mean the that little limiting belief comes popping up every once in a while and it like it's like the sucker punch in the gut and you're like oh that's still there that's yeah. still like very well like grooved into my brain and if I'm not really maintaining my well-being, then she gets to sneak inside and start to whisper those tapes in my ear again. And I have to really, like, separate myself from her and be like, whoa, no, 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 that's not me. That yeah. You you can play those loops, but that's not me. Yeah. You know, I my worth is because I was born. That's it. I don't yeah. have to prove it. I don't have to do anything special I can just be worthy and yeah right and that's the gift I wish we could give to so many more women yeah. you know I I have like the funniest story because you know this weekend I actually got some time. Alone with my husband and uh, we were on a beach at a bar which happens like almost never for us and they were playing music and I'm a dancing fool and I've always been a dancing (laughs) fool, right? I have no shyness about that. Am I a great dancer? I don't know, I just like to dance to the music. So I'm 44, you know, I'm out there dancing and there's all these young girls and, you know, they just sort of all turn their heads like, ooh, should she really <laughs> be dancing like that? And I just wanted to say to them, girls, just dance, like have a great time. Don't worry about this 44 year old over here. She's just living in joy and peace and happiness. And yep. like, I can't help but be exuberant and dance about it. Right.
0: And what sort of example then are you setting for these women because they're going to be you at some point in time and they're going, oh, remember that lady who used to get who got up and danced? Why are we <laughs> holding back? Let's get up there and do it too.
1: Yeah. You can't miss out on those moments, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. they're <laughs> um, part of this um, project with the Courage 1000 project is actually a, a normalising those emotional cycles that we go through. So have you recognized a cycle that you go through where you end up, like you were saying before, you've got those voices that pop up. We all do. (laughs) But have you recognized the cycle that happens that gets you back to that point and what you do to get yourself out of it?
1: Yeah. I think it's the, it's like that primary, like, if you've ever heard of this, a primary injury, like the first thing that happened to you when you were little, that was sort of like the one thing you can't ever do wrong. And for me, it's disappointing people. Mm. And so if I feel like I'm going to disappoint someone, that is when like I feel that emotion creeping in and that I almost feel like there's like a constriction that happens. I draw into myself. I, you know, stop talking to people. um, And that's where I can fall prey to that procrastination piece. Because if I can't please someone or please everyone, then I'm not good enough. So that has always been the cycle for me from childhood. You know, I literally figured out how to make people happy in the exact way they needed it. So, and that carried through into jobs, into relationships. Um, and I still feel it creep in. And I feel myself sort of like, oh, that's it there again. That's that piece of like, I, I draw myself back because I'm, my fear is that somebody's not gonna like this and they're not gonna like me. And I don't wanna feel that way.
0: Yeah, and what comes next after
1: that? After that is like a big old deep breath and it's like, get still with myself and breathe and put some distance between myself and the feeling that pops up in my head, address it, embrace it, say, okay, I'm feeling something here. This is interesting. Like what is this that's going on for me right now? I'm feeling like I might disappoint someone and I'm constricting and pulling away. So I almost, you know, narrate or get into like, what is actually happening right now consciously, getting in my body, right? Rather than sort of letting the wheels spin in my head. So I think that's a huge piece. And then it's reminding myself who I am and what I'm about. What do I really care about here? And if my point is to help people and to serve people, people don't care if it's done perfectly. They just they just want the engagement. They just want to be with you. They just want to hear what you have to say and not feel alone in the world. Yes. And what I've learned is there are so many people, especially women like me, who have lived in these cycles of procrastination and perfectionism and good girlisms and codependency. It's like a very uh, vicious cycle and it's very... Um frequently happening for people and so I'm like, you know what I'm gonna out myself. <laughs> I'm gonna tell people yeah I'm feeling like uncomfortable. One of my favorite ways to do that is through poetry
0: and I love it. I'm a poet myself yes you <gasps> work with us?
1: Oh my gosh, yes, so my favorite thing to do in those deep deep funks is, Just like whatever words are popping in my head in a loop, I start writing them down. And usually after that, a poem comes out and I can usually, you know, after I get through the whole poem, I can write myself out of that dark space. Yeah. And and then I have this work of like, whoa, look what I just did. Look how I just started from darkness and I moved into light. And I yeah. didn't shrink away from, like, the darkness and the ick, but I really, yeah. like, just I was, like, let me get into it and explore it and feel it and feel my way out. And it always works for me, you yeah. know?
0: I have the exact same process. I love <laughs> I it. The exact same thing. <laughs> and yeah. I love that it, the cycle that you've explained is very much what I've, uh, what I've witnessed all women go through. You start with that fear piece that you have to address. Then you move into this self-care phase and then you move into this self-reliance phase, which is where you start having those affirmations. This is who I am. I am worthy. I can have this. Then you naturally move into the next piece where you're going, okay, what's the future possibility here? What's actually the purpose behind this? And then you get out there and do something about it. And it's quick. Like It's, it's really quick, yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, these cycles for me when I was younger, like it could be months of like just like sitting in the darkness alone, like just yeah. feeling that, that depth of darkness and not being able to move through it. Whereas now it could be like as quick as like, ooh, I feel that. Ugh, that's uncomfortable. Let me write this out. And, you know, in five minutes I'm out of it. Yeah. But it's also not – you know um toxic positivity where i'm like denying those dark emotions i mean i will sit and let myself cry i love to write poems in the shower
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a quirk i like that one
1: <laughs> yeah well that's where like you know i get in the hot shower and the water and like the poems start coming like that's where i yeah. get really creative so i found these things they're called aqua on amazon of course And you stick them on the wall and it has a pencil and you can write when the the notepad is wet. You could could write in the bathtub, you could write in the rain. So I'm like, this is what I need because my creative mind is not limited to just being like with a pen and paper at the table.
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Oh, I love that idea, but I don't think my daughter would ever get out of the shower then. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my husband says. (laughs) He's like, you were
1: even poetry in there?
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> so he's just delaying having to get out of the shower. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so what happened for you then? After you've done all this work on yourself, you move through these cycles really quickly. Where are you at in life now?
1: I'm, I'm at the point in life where I'm like, what is the next big thing? Like, how do I go bigger with this? It's it's one thing to sort of sit and, and heal yourself. And I mean, there is such joy and pleasure and wonder in being able to do that. But if I can do that, then who else can I inspire and help to do the same? And it's that ripple effect. It's like you heal the mom and then what you have to offer your children, your spouse or partner, people in your life, your family, your friends, your work is exponential. Like what yeah. I have to offer people now is so much bigger than yeah. it would be if it was just, it's just me and myself. So I, I'm figuring that out. I feel like that's the fun part. You know, we grew up and it was like, when I grow up, I want to be a blank. Now I'm like, today, here's what I want to be. And it's more not what I want to do. It doesn't even matter what I do. It's just like, what kind of an impact do I want to make? And how do I want to feel? And how do I want to make other people feel? So... I actually wrote like for my goals for this month, instead of writing like I will do X, Y, Z, I wrote how I want to feel, jubilant, radiant, peaceful, playful, you know, more about the feelings I want to be feeling. And what does that do for people around you? It's It's contagious.
0: It is. It is. When a woman steps into that being phase, that's where our magic is. So when we step out of this, the rat race of society of going, here's the list, and let's face it, in motherhood, it is an endless list after list after list. When we step out of that and go, no, the feelings matter more. I need to be something. That changes everything. It changes our vibration. It changes our kids. It changes our partners. Everybody around us is happier because we are. It's the key. It is. It truly is. It's I love team. that you recognize
1: that. Yeah. I mean, people have said it less eloquently and said, you know, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. But <laughs> I want to, like, let's look at that from a positive. Like, yes. if we could really, like, truly, every mom could feel lit up and so full of joy about yeah. the potential of her life, what would that do? Like, just imagine, like, yeah. all these children just experiencing radiant joy in their lives every day.
0: And then having that really strong role model to then go, mum's happy because she's doing what she loves, it gives the kids permission to do the same. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I just, I love the ripple effect. And to me, that's what makes... I call all women leaders because when we take that responsibility for ourselves, it has that ripple effect. Therefore, we have to be a leader. We yes. lead ourselves. It naturally leads others. And yeah. it's funny how many people push back against that. I'm not a leader. I'm like, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> we all are. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, like we we all...
0: go... Sorry, go for it. No, I
1: was going to say, you know, we all have the potential to lead from where we are. You yeah. know, it doesn't like it doesn't mean you have to be in this position of power over other people. No. You could lead yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, leaders hold people accountable. They're credible. They, you know, do what they say they're going to do. Like, what if we let ourselves in that way, you know, yeah, and not with the intent to be perfect, but with the intent to do good.
0: You know, do well, feel well, and do good. I love it. I love it. Well, the next question I was going to ask you is if you could go back in time and face yourself before this all began, what message would you have for yourself? Oh, I know it's a big one.
1: <laughs> that is a big one. Um, I think what I would say to myself is, you know, you already have it. You know, it's like in the Wizard of Oz when, yep. you know, Dorothy already had the capability to go home. You already have the capability to go home, to find yourself within yourself. You know, you have the codes, you have the key, it's inside you, and you just have to
0: allow it. Yeah. I love it. I love it because I have no doubt there is other people watching this who have been in the exact situation that you have been in and are going, I needed to hear that so they can then find the courage to move forward as well.
1: And wouldn't that be beautiful? I mean, Mm -hmm. the idea that I can make big mistakes in my life so that other people can see it and they can do something different. That's
0: that's gorgeous. It is. It's truly beautiful how the world works in that way. Yep. Okay, I am going to wrap us up on that because otherwise we are going to go over time. So thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. Beautiful. It has been an absolute pleasure.
1: Same. Oh, my gosh. I've enjoyed this tremendously. Thank you. Oh, we're going
0: to talk a lot more.
1: Definitely. Yes. <laughs>
0: Now, uh, just before I finish up for today, um, if you would like to get in touch with Kelly, you will find her information below this video if you're watching on social media or if you are watching or listening, I should say, on the podcast version, you will find her information in the description of the podcast. So as I said, thank you so much to Kelly for adding her story to the Courage 1000 project Um, and join us next week as we continue on this mission of collecting stories of courage so you can find the inspiration you need to take control of your life the feminine way. If you would like to join me on my mission to normalise the emotional and intuitive cycles all women go through, join my free community at nellies.com.au.